I'm so excited. Like I can barely contain myself. Finally, I'm joining the podcasting crew and it's really been a long time coming. So I am just overjoyed. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Ben on Brand podcast, where we're making local market money over here. I'm actually recording the first episode in the Barnett Park in the great Orlando, Florida. It was only right that I start off this series in my hometown. So with all of that being said, welcome to the Ben on Brand podcast where entrepreneurs and small business owners explore how to build in their local market first, then scale. I'm bringing it back to street team and guerrilla marketing, direct-to-consumer strategies, and local media for the new generation of money makers. Welcome to the Ben on Brand podcast. I am the founder of Ben on Brand and the host, Lindsley. And I just want to thank you again for tuning in. Um, I know it is my hometown, Old Town, (laughs) who are the first responders. And they're the ones who are viewing and listening and joining the crew. And I just want to give them a major shout out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, As I've said, and I'll say it again, and this is what it shall be. We will shape Orlando into the new Black Mecca in 2020 okay amen and um i'm a person who does not sugarcoat so we about to get down to business this episode and actually the first couple of episodes are for the people who have a product right they have a new service they have this new great idea and now what They are at zero. They're ready to go to number one. That is who this podcast is for. We about we are about to make that first step from zero to let's go. So first things first, you need to define your company. And by doing so, you have to figure out what is your message. The message or what's considered your mission statement is how you want your company to be remembered. It should define it. Like your message is what's at the top and it's what molds the culture and your community. So for example, Under Armour's mission statement is to make all athletes better through passion, design, and the relentless pursuit of innovation. Now, how do you define your message? Your message should be concise and it should be reflective of how your products bring value. What differentiates you and what you're offering from others? Was the idea of your product sparked by a social cause, for example? Like when I think of that question, I think of Tom's shoes. Tom's shoes made sure that the positive social impact that they were trying to bring is what was at the forefront. When you think of Tom's Shoes or when I think of Tom's Shoes, I think of the brand of shoes where when you buy a pair, they give a pair. This brings us to our next point, which is writing out your tagline. Like your tagline and your campaign slogan needs to be creative. It needs to be witty, contrasting, or a direct interpretation of your message. 
Red Bull. Their tagline is, it gives you wings, <laughs> right? Their tagline is clever. It immediately makes you think of an energy boost. But will the person who drinks coffee for an energy boost be the same person who drinks a carbonated shot of caffeine? That, my friends, was the million-dollar question their marketing team needed to figure out. In result, their tagline turned into an international campaign slogan, and the beverage company repositioned their branding altogether. Once Red Bull transitioned, they campaigned brilliantly towards the underserved and underrepresented demographic, who also needed wings. The brand is now a household name, known worldwide. You see, that's what it's all about. Red Bull decided that their guy was not the guy who is a coffee connoisseur sitting in the coffee shop. They realized that their guy was the guy who was into extreme sports, right? He is riding down the side of a mountain on a bike. (laughs) looking for an adrenaline rush. That is their guy. Now, how do you get your message across clearly? Well, there are several ways. One, being able to speak to your potential consumer as if you were them, because essentially you are. Let's dive into those numbers. The numbers say that we are exposed to an estimated 4,000 to 10,000 ads daily. Daily, people. And I know what you're thinking. Like, no, that's high as hell. There is no way. Because that's what I was thinking too. However, they broke it all the way down. From the time that you open your eyes, right? And turn, turn off your alarm clock from your iPhone or your Samsung. Boom, boom. To when you open your pantry for breakfast. Think about it. You open your pantry and you got all kinds of goodies up in there. We haven't even mentioned the different brands that may flood your closet. Right? So before you even leave your home, you've been bombarded by brands and their advertisements. Hence the reason why you must stand out. Being authentic, genuine, and projecting who you are and what you do with clarity is what will demand attention. The next thing to think about when trying to get your message across clearly is keeping it short and direct. When you're introducing someone to your product or service, you need to make sure to keep it simple. This can be divided into two different pitches, an elevator pitch and a conversational pitch. Now, this part is incredibly crucial. You definitely want to keep it simple. If either one of these pitches um, is not on a fifth grade level for someone to understand, then you need to go back and rewrite some things out. So the elevator pitch references the time you have to pique someone's interest. This usually falls under two minutes. Um, Anything otherwise you will lose listeners because our attention span has adapted to moving from one thing to the next very quickly. The elevator pitch should mention who your customers are, their pain points, and how you can solve them. Write your elevator pitch so that it feels natural and that it flows. The more relatable, the better. 
The second pitch is what I call your conversational pitch. Now, this is when the opportunity to have an informal conversation about your company presents itself. You have a couple of seconds to bada beam, bada boom, you're in, you're out. (laughs) So with your conversational pitch, I suggest preparing and memorizing your key points um, as opposed to improvising your key points. And let me say that again. Preparing and memorizing your key points is better than improvising. A tip for a good conversational pitch is to summarize your elevator pitch into one to two sentences. Um, once you do that, end it with a question for engagement and you're in there. Finally, When you're trying to get your message across clearly, you need to embody, I said embody, your visual brand. Be clear, be be purposeful, be consistent when it comes to your visual brand, right? Your aesthetic needs to be parallel with your message. It needs to convey that same feeling. And this includes picking the colors of your brand of your brand, excuse me. Um, Different colors invoke different reactions. And I know, I know I have heard it. And even I say it when picking colors and picking your logo, don't spend a lot of time on it. And it's true. You do not need to spend a lot of time on it because it should automatically come to mind when you have made your perfect product, service, or idea. Okay, and just because you not spending a lot of time on it doesn't mean that it's less important. Now, um, not only do colors matter, but like I said, the mood and the language and the tone you engage with matters, as well as being consistent across all the platforms. This is what builds brand recognition and your brand identity. Drum roll, please. (laughs) like this part needs to be dramatic. It needs to be over the top because a lot of you are trying to avoid it. I hear a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, I'm leaving money on the table or, or my product is for everybody. I want to serve everybody. Uh Uh-uh. No, absolutely not. You need to tighten up and find your niche. I'm telling you, narrow down, find your target audience, all right? Because if you are speaking to everyone, no one is listening. At Arby's, we have the meats. (laughs) In other words, if you're vegan, this ain't the place for you. You understand what I'm saying? Like, narrow it down, find your tribe. You do this by evaluating your product or your service. Analyze the value of your product or service, and this will help you to find who your target market is. Um, You can accomplish this by making a note of each benefit and who may be attracted to that offer. Let's go ahead and and write out uh, an example. Let's say I'm an online fitness coach. I would offer a couple of benefits to my consumers. One, they will be able to move at their own pace, right? Um, They can view demonstrations of simple exercises and workouts that they can do from home. I'd have a meal plan that they can download with recipes and a grocery list. 
Um, I would also send them daily motivational texts or personalized videos. I'd give them discounts to their local gyms and athletic and sports shops. That would be kind of cool. And um, with that, we can throw in some sort of giveaway, right? So um, once they register, I would automatically um, put them in for a chance to win a trip through a weight loss contest. Now, with the benefits that I just gave, who would be most likely to sign up for something like that? I would think, okay, if I'm trying to push working from um, working out from home, for example, okay, that would be busy moms, whether they're working or they're stay at home, right? I would think of millennial women, um, college students, right? These are people who, or college students, for example, they don't have the money to have a gym membership or an even better one. Let's talk about people with disabilities or ailing physical conditions. That is a huge market. And that market is incredibly underserved. (laughs) Like, let's get down to the niches, honey. Let's get down to the niches. (laughs) Do not be afraid to narrow down exactly who your product is for. This is actually a perfect segue into my next bullet point, which is to visualize your ideal customer. In the marketing world, we call this person your customer avatar or your customer persona. All right. So with this, I want you to close your eyes and think about it and describe who your ideal customer is and get really, really deep. When I created my natural skincare collection, this was one of my first companies, um, I initially thought my target audience would be women who were interested in natural ingredients and products. But once I really specified that my collection deeply cleanses skin, prevents acne breakouts and even skin tones, I was able to determine and discover my target audience on a micro level. My customer avatar went from extremely broad to extremely particular. So next I decided, okay, no, she's not just someone who, you know, kind of wants to clean her face with some good products. No, 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 no. Who she is, she is a millennial woman who is a makeup enthusiast and eco-conscious. Now, I know you're thinking thinking to yourself, that is a really small description. But in that small description, I was able to to describe my customer's gender, her age range, hobbies, and social interests. She was the person who would be curious about my brand and products. She was the niche that I wanted to serve. Now, once you've decided who your target audience is and what they look like and, you know, what kind of salary they bring in and what their interests and their hobbies are, I want you to plaster that person everywhere, (laughs) right? Because you do not want it to be any question about who it is you are there for. So let your target consumer be the face of your brand. I love scenarios. So let's get into another one. Let's say you are a financial consultant. You've acknowledged that your ideal customer is a single man, newly retired veteran with at least $400,000 worth of liquid assets. Cool. Now you need to show that guy. 
Show that guy in your ads. Show that guy in all of your promotional efforts. Form your content around him and speak directly to him by using his language and highlighting what's important in his life and how you can help. Now, I know we've gone over a lot of different things, but that's how we're bringing in and finishing 2020, right? (laughs) We're here to get shit done. So moving right along, let's dive into doing market research. I want you guys to dissect your data and current customer base. Now, this first point, of course, speaks to those who are small business owners and who have already um, sold a product or service to someone. They may have a small email list. Um, They have already been able to collect customer data. So if you have customer data, I want you to use it. Who are your current customers? How did they hear about you? Why do they buy from you, right? These are the questions you need to look into and need to ask. Look for common interests and characteristics. Which commonalities do you see the most? From there, you can assume that other people like them may also benefit from your product or service. Next, this one is a little touchy. So I'm going to go ahead and put this disclaimer out there, okay? Um... It is healthy to start with a sense of who you are and who you want to bring value to before researching your competition in order to ensure your foundation is strong. However, I want you to go out there and research your competition. (laughs) Don't get it twisted. It is okay for you to check out your competition. The weighing factor of identifying competitors towards the beginning may work in your favor. Now, to see what your competition is doing, you must find and then filter who you consider to be your competition. Because the spectrum of your competitors may very well change often and be reevaluated for the launch of your new products, services, or extensions of your company. Let me give an example of what I'm talking about. Picture yourself as a life and family coach. Your flagship service of offering one-on-one virtual counseling sessions for couples is going really, really well. So you decide to add a physical product to the mix. You've written and self-published a journal for moms with newborns that you would like to sell. So in this instance, who do you consider to be your competition? Looking at famous life coaches and motivational speakers like Tony Robbins and, let's see, um, Lisa Nichols or Brene Brown to explore different marketing channels is a great place to start. Plus, your niche is specific to families, right? So studying high-profiled or successful family therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists to see the products and services they're offering is great insight as well. And now that you're selling journals, following authors and editors and freelance writers to learn how to navigate the book industry as a whole would be a great fit too. This is an example of adjusting your competition spectrum in regards to what you are offering. In result of finding your competition, you will gain an accurate understanding of their customers and how they are targeting them. Now, this is not for you to mimic, copy, or mirror their exact methods. Let me repeat. Do not mimic, do not copy, do not mirror their exact methods. 
After all, that would be incredibly foolish because your competitors are already uh, at a head start at being authentically them, okay? I don't want you to mimic them. That is not what this is about. You look at your competition in order to find possible holes and discover ways to succeed in the market that are being overlooked. Once you know what and who to serve, it is much easier to figure out where to find them, how to reach them, and what to say. And now for breaking news. Okay, the number one question on everybody's mind is... How will popular brands survive Amazon? Will they have to claim their spot on that soul-crushing platform? Will the sales tactics of Amazon murder, thrash, and kill direct-to-consumer and luxury brands? Well, people, in today's news, we need to ring the alarm because Nike announced it will stop selling its products on Amazon. Now, I know this isn't everyone's outcome, but we're able to speak on Nikes today. So, looks like the little experiment, it failed. Their participation in Amazon's pilot program had its run, and now it has officially come to an end. (laughs) Like, I hope y'all caught that awkward pause and just the awkward silence because, (laughs) like, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at you, Nike. I'm I'm laughing with you because I sell product too. I am a CPG girl all day. And fun fact, actually, I don't even have an Amazon membership. <laughs> I have bought three things from Amazon. Anyways, enough about me. Back to you, Nike. This is about you. I don't know what made you think you were going to beat them at their game. That algorithm, I'm sorry, the algorithm was light years ahead of you with customer reviews, price, and selection. And most importantly, like, please let us not forget that you will never, ever, 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 ever get rid of resellers. Like, what made you think you were going to beat Amazon at their own game. So while you were contemplating on whether or not you'd win at Russian roulette, the gray market, aka the resellers market, aka Amazon, was growing. And in result, you shot yourself in the face, which is why I don't give Amazon the time of day. I really don't because my end goal is totally different than Amazon's end goal. We are not the same. We are not built the same. I am building a brand and Amazon is just one marketplace. Hello? (laughs) Like not to mention their whole existence is built on being the cheapest and being a copycat, which are the two things, the two things that will get you to the bottom the quickest. Like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I will die on this hill. And there's about 24 soldiers with me. This episode is brought to you by the Accountability Club. If you are ready to put your head down and get the work done, then you are ready to become a member of the Accountability Club. Every Saturday in a course of four weeks, we will meet and finish our tasks in person in a think tank environment. 
during the meetups, we'll tackle and complete everything we cover in podcast episodes. From defining your company and claiming your niche to gaining local sales through printing materials, media kits, and product distribution pitches. There will only be a few slots available, so follow the Ben on Brand Facebook page for the first announcement date.